guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. It is Friday yet again. Believe it or not, we're back. Townsend and Preacher Man here to muse with you. Townsend is in her... Co-pilot Hello, seat, pilot y'all. seat. Are you Co-pilot. in the pilot seat? No, I think you should. You're the pilot. Oh no, no, no. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like the radio operator watching all the little thingies go up and down. And yep, it's on. You know, I don't have somebody <laughs> muted or whatever. But no, no, no. We're super happy to be with you guys. Before we get started, we want to thank each and every one of you who have taken the time not only to subscribe to our podcast, but sharing our podcast and reviewing it, and giving us a a rating. I want to say giving us a five star rating, but that seems unfair. If you don't think we deserve a five, you know, I'd take a three. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you feel like it's a two or a one, just maybe give us a couple more chances and don't rate it yet. But hey, you know, we got to be honest with one another. But we're super glad that you're here and we're glad to be with you here in what I think is fair to call the dog days of summer. Is that fair? Is that, is that even what time it is? The dog <sighs> days of summer? Yes, I think so. I, I'm sick of the heat. Uh, I know there's alternatives and I like the alternatives. So that's why I think it's fair for me to say I'm sick of it because when it's cold, I don't complain. That's my trade-off. I'm allowed to complain <laughs> when it's hot because I don't complain when it's cold outside. But guys, we hope that you've been enjoying our musings over these, believe it or not, almost, I think this is going to be episode 18. For 18 weeks, God has allowed us to be gathering together and doing this. 18. Crazy. Almost 20. And so uh, we're having a good time. We hope you are too. And we've got a great topic. I really, I really like this topic today. And Townsend's been over there uh, putting her thoughts together and pooling them together. But she walked in the door talking and, and going on. And so Miss Preacher Man and, and Miss Townsend were, were hammering at it. And I was like, I'm just going to wait my turn. So hey, yes. here we go. I finally got my turn and hit the record button. So guys, today we want to know and muse with you about what you might think on answering the question of whether or not you can know the meaning of life. Is it possible to know the meaning of life? Is it possible to know what God, your creator, actually wants from you? Now, when you took a picture of our list of topics, do you look at something like that and think, who really worries about this? Or is that a question you've asked yourself Oh, I've asked myself that a thousand times because I am a worrier. I am a planner. I want to know exactly what is being asked of me. (laughs) Um, Anybody that's ever been my coach or helped me or or bossed me, I guess you could say, at, at any given point in my life will tell you. If you are specific with her, she will give you exactly what you ask for or try to. And if you are just as laid back and passive and give me nothing, I'm as lost as last year's Easter eggs. So, <laughs> that's kind of disgusting when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, nasty. Things probably they're start probably stinking. ruined and smelly. Ugh. That just tells you how bad off I am. Okay. No one gives me specific. <laughs> so, so if you're that kind of way, you, that would suggest you you kind of feel like you need some direct answer of here is what the meaning of life is. Yes. Is that the stance? Well, Okay, so I don't think you you sort of we're gonna cheat. You you did sort of hit on this before we hit the record button, but I don't need to know what the meaning of life is. I need to know what the meaning of my life is. Ah, uh, so, so very I don't good. really I like need to know what the meaning of everyone else's life is per se. Maybe my child and my husband and those who are directly involved with my life, but. Yeah. 
yeah, the meaning of my life. And that is super uh, insightful, I want you to know, in case you didn't realize. Uh, you're super smart anyway, you know that. But you <laughs> I know, don't know about that, well, but thanks. So <laughs> I, it, really, it really matters. This, is, this might be, at least for me, one of the more philosophical questions we've ever asked one another about the meaning of life, because there is a ton of philosophy written about this question. Because normally when we are asking, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, I, what, is, what is even the meaning of life? We don't really even want to know the answer to that question. What we want to know is what is the purpose of my life? Yes. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because, believe it or not, and I'll just kind of let the dog right out the door, but the Bible doesn't answer the question of what the meaning of life is. There is, I can't, I can't say, well, you know, the Bible says, and then bang, there it is. The meaning of life is fill in the blanks here. It doesn't say that. In fact, there are more questions about that sort of idea than, than even remote answers. So David in Psalm 8 says, what is man? What is humanity that you even take thought of him? Who am I? What, what is my purpose? That's what he's asking, but we kind of get hung up on the meaning. So, you know, I, I'm a huge science fiction nerd. There's a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You ever read it? No. No. Okay. So Douglas Adam, he wrote like a super mega nerd uh book you gotta everywhere as you're traveling through the universe you always got to have your towel with you and all these silly things <laughs> but one of the the ultimate the, in the book there's this computer I don't, i'm not gonna try to explain it but anyway there's this question what is the ultimate question of life universe and everything what's the answer to the ultimate question and according to the science fiction author douglas adams the answer is 42 that so there we can stop the podcast now <laughs> What We're is done. the what is the meaning of life? It's forty two. Forty two. We're and done. You would be shocked, and you can uh, listener land citizens out there, y'all can Google that. There are some really deep things that people have written about the significance of the number forty two and forty two and binary and all that. And I'm like, it was a joke. You know, <laughs> it's not supposed to be serious. But okay, so the meaning of life. Somebody out here listening and musing along with us is 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 curious as I have been and still sometimes kind of stumble through it, and Townsend's already shared, what is the meaning of life? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some at you and see what you think, and, and let's see how, where we agree or disagree, you and me. Okay. Do you know the difference between meaning and purpose? Well, meaning is, well, my opinion, this is strictly my opinion. I'm not a dictionary, and I don't read the dictionary often, but the purpose would be a direction for your life, and okay. the meaning may be the overall just sorted out what um, what is the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish, maybe. Okay, I like that. So let's. I'm going to refine for me what you just said. Basically, meaning is the intention of something. Purpose is the fulfillment of yes. it. Yes, okay, you hit it. Okay, yes, so, that's what so I then was you trying could, to say. You could say meaning is what you intend. Purpose is accomplishing the meaning. Yes. All right? Okay, so the meaning of life really doesn't have one solitary answer. It has currently 7 billion answers, right? Yes. Or let's say in America, 300, what is it? 330 million. Is that right? Yeah. 330 million people in this country. So there's 330 million answers. And I think it changes. Sure. You know, like as you grow as a person, I don't think that the exact thing that I feel like I'm being called to do right now is exactly where I'm going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. And it definitely ain't where I was five years ago. Right, Just right. FYI, y'all. So if we, I want to take that question, you know, can, can I know what the meaning of life is? Sure, because you can decide that every day. Every day you can decide what your meaning is. 
but your purpose is the driving thing behind you kind of settling that meaning. Yes. So consider how many people are in an uncomfortable or unhappy place because they're trying to fit a purpose that is not theirs. Well, in my huge notes that I had written on my desk that I try to basically, I have a lot of handwritten things that I don't bring with me because I don't like reading from notes over a podcast. Yeah. I think it flows so much easier if you and I are talking and I'm speaking from the heart, just why I, listener land, that's what you get when you hear me. <laughs> um, but one of the things I had written and circled and underlined and even drew bubble letters around was, um, who is the Lordship over my life? And okay. so that kind of defines my purpose is who, basically, who am I answering to? Oh, yeah. So who, who's, who then is giving you the purpose? Yes. Cause right? sometimes, I mean, it should always be God naturally, but sometimes, you know, you're answering to your spouse mm-hmm. or there's an occasion where it's your child that is the ultimate focus of what you're doing at the moment. And so, you know, the the big picture is God right. for me, always. Right. That's never changing. But then some of the smaller scales, the umbrella underneath all of that, you know, is various things that are important Those to me. identity things that make exactly. you talented. So uh, when you think about purpose and this idea of, and I mean this intentionally not to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I want to, I'm talking to somebody I don't know. But I understand the misery that comes from trying to live out a purpose that isn't actually yours, trying to do what you think you're supposed to, and ultimately you have to learn the hard way it wasn't what you were supposed to, is a little like using a hammer to stir soup. Yes. A hammer has a purpose, and it's not to stir soup. And and it's a twofold problem. Not only is the hammer not achieving its purpose in the soup, but it's ruining the soup, right? Because I got this nasty... Rusty exactly. metal hammer in my soup. A hammer's purpose is to drive nails or involved in something in that. I realize you could take this metaphor and say, oh, well, preacher man, you know, in a, in a moment's notice, you could act. I, I get it. But uh, long term, some of the hammers that I own, I would never stick it in any kind of soup and then eat that and soup. And then you've ruined the, serps, the soup's purpose of right. feeding a family, per se, or whatever. So in that way, you see that having an answer to what is my purpose super matters because I'm going about hunting out an answer, and until I know it, I'm actually messing up the purposes of other things, Yes, trying to exercise a purpose that isn't mine. I'm a hammer stirring up a bunch of soup. I like that, whether it makes any sense to anybody else. And so do you think each human has a unique purpose in what they're being called to do, or do you think that we as Christians have one purpose and those who maybe don't follow Christ have not realize their purpose. Okay. I what, think what's your thoughts on I this think that area? As a whole, we all have the same purpose. But I think that it is exercised through us in unique ways. Yes. And I think that that is for believers and unbelievers alike. That it's true that God has a purpose for everyone. Disciples have surrendered to accomplishing that purpose, whereas what what I would refer to as the unsaved or the or the lost, or whatever terminology you like, people who don't haven't surrendered their life to God, those people are in that time incapable of fulfilling what they don't know. Exactly. And so basically, a busted clock is right twice a day. So people who don't know Jesus, they, I'm not saying they can't do anything right, but it's almost by random accident that that's happening. 
Yes. In the in the truest sense of accomplishing your purpose. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's how I feel also. I, I felt confident in that, but I always like to talk to other people who are, who I know and live out being true believers of Christ so that you can get kind of a full picture of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you a quote from a man who spent time in a concentration camp. Okay, this is an Austrian named Viktor Frankl. Very, very well read and uh, intelligent man. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Great book if you want to go further and be listening to something way smarter than the two of us talking back and forth. <laughs> definitely take a look at Frankel's Man's Searching for Meaning. But listen to this. This quote is where I kind of get a lot of my opinion from. Not necessarily from him, but I feel like it's reflecting what I think. He said, now he's writing this quote that I'm reading, by the way. I don't want to build it up like it's the smartest thing I ever said, but he's referring to his time in a concentration camp. So imagine being a prisoner in a concentration camp for whatever familiarity you have with how Jews were treated during World War II and having these questions in your head as a human of what is my purpose if I'm stuck here in this? What is yes. the whole meaning of life at this point? And so he writes and says, it did not really matter what we expected from life but rather what life expected from us. And if you remember in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. life. So what life expected from me is what Jesus expected from me. Not from his point of view. I recognize he's a Jewish man, but for me, I see that and I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what I expect. It's what he expects of me. And then he goes on, he says, we needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead to think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our answer must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. And then here's the end. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it is constantly setting for each individual. So in that, That's each individual, deep. right, each individual is the the unique responses. Right. But ultimately, all of us are supposed to be doing this one thing, looking at what life is telling us and then responding to that. Well, one of the websites that um, I stumbled upon during my research of this topic, it discussed the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. and how... He has characteristics that make up his unique self. Sure. And those characteristics themselves are not what changed when God took over his life. When he actually met Christ Mm -hmm. at first, his ways didn't necessarily change. And then when, of course, Jesus, like I said, it goes back to the, the who is the Lord of your life thing. When Jesus took complete control of his life, the ways that he used his characteristics changed. Mm-hmm. So he went from killing people and being a, a crazy person who, you know, a Christian would never look at and think, man, that's a man of Jesus, to a full 360, hey, okay, now I'm living a life for Christ. Right. And so, you know, the way he looked, you know, physically, mm-hmm. the way, the things that made him who he was, you know, his strength or his ability to reason or his problem-solving skills mm-hmm. or his organizational skills, those things weren't really changed. It was his heart that was changed, and those things then used differently. Right. So that's, that really hit me is like, I, you know, when I became a Christian, you know, the way that it, the things that God has made in me that, that stand out from others, you know, um, it, it didn't necessarily get better or worse but now that they're being used for the purpose that god gave me Mm -hmm. i'm seeing a much more successful joyful however you want to say that right meaning 
of life is whatever. Well, you, you know? can you, you can, can follow. You, you can use that what you just mentioned about Paul. Uh, he hunted people. Yes. He didn't stop hunting them after he met Jesus. Exactly. It's just that the reason for the hunt changed. Yeah. At first it was to hunt for destruction. Now he just changed and now he's hunting people to introduce them to the Christ. Yes. So the meaning of the hunt was different. Yes. His purpose changed because the meaning came from his purpose, yes. not the other way around. And I think so many people who stumble on this, what is the purpose of life? Why am I even here? Mm-hmm. They tend to forget that what God created was the artwork from the beginning. Right. And so what he intends on you to be doing is to use what he already instilled in you. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people that I've encountered in the last couple of years, they'll say things like, well, you're so confident to tell someone about Christ and you're so outspoken or you're so this or that. Well, I always was, but when you heard me speaking out seven years ago, it was probably saying a cuss word and yelling at someone because I didn't get my way. Sure, yeah. And so now it's just turned. The purpose has changed. And so never think that once you realize your purpose and you realize you allow God to come in and completely take control of your life, he will use the same, very same things that are being used to make you sad and bring you down to build up him and bring him glory. Right. And that's, I think that's something that's interesting about people who are, you know, kind of on the fence considering, you know, Christianity or discipleship, however they're understanding that and going through that, they think, oh, well, if I do that, I, I have to be totally different or I have yes. to leave. Now, there are certain behaviors that, yeah, you do have to leave. You, you can't come to Jesus and be like, well, I'm still going to be a rapist. I mean, no, you're not. But you know. your heart will no longer desire to if you truly give yes. it over but to But let's him. say, let's say you love uh, singing, you know, and you're like, you're in a band and whatever else. Well, God gave that talent to you, whether you realize that's where it came from or not. He intends to use that for some purpose that you won't understand until it's already done. Absolutely. So you don't, you, your purpose is, it exists. Your understanding of it and the meaning behind it all changes as you learn where you stand with the Christ. Now, does the Bible say the meaning of life is? No. But does the Bible say, here's the purpose of life? Yep. And that's why it's so important to know that one of those questions is worthy to be asked because there is an answer. The other one is just a conversation you're having with yourself because it says individual as everyone. One of my favorites is Ecclesiastes 12. Uh, To give you a background, this is like the super fast version. Solomon, the wisest man of his time period, when he, he is the son of David, the king. And when he is taking over in David's absence, as David has died, God says, I'll give you anything you want. Ultimately, Solomon says, well, then what I want is to understand things the way you do. So he is intelligent. He is wealthy. He is wise. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he has written for his sons, but now for us as well, the answer to all of that experience. He says, I set out to know what it meant to be rich, what it meant to be poor, happy, sad, all these things. I wanted to learn them all. And in Ecclesiastes 12, which is the last chapter, and towards the very end of that chapter, verses 13 and 14, he says this, the conclusion. So I like to word it like this. This is the sentence in which Solomon is saying, okay, here's what I learned from all of this. The conclusion when everything has been heard is this, fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. There is the answer biblically from Solomon of what the purpose of life is, to fear God and keep his commandments. But that requires the question, and I'm curious how you understand it. What does it mean to fear God? Well, my dad 
used to say this to me all the time when I was a kid. He used to say, um, until you can gain a full understanding of how to respect me, I will make sure that you fear me enough to do what I tell you to do. Okay, I like that. And so I think that is so true when it comes to my relationship with Christ, because as I've studied, I have learned and gained so much more respect for our creator. Mm. And so I'm not going to say the fear has lessened. The fear has actually deepened. Right. But I think to fear is almost equivalent to respect, but you can't have the respect without the fear because the respect means you have to have more knowledge. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm going to use my father as an example as well. So sidebar, dads, you're so very important because not only Townsend and Preacher Man and so many other people would use you as a reflection of what they know or don't know about God. So dads, you matter. Somebody needs to tell you that. But my example would be that my dad, truck driver, his whole life, as far as I knew him, and I like to tell folks he had these big, massive hands, like he's got big, meaty paws. And my rump came across those paws every once in a while. Okay. I wasn't mega bad. And in fact, I was probably more spoiled than punished. But uh, in the event that I did receive uh, what I call a beaten, but my wife teases me because she's like, no, one lick is not a beaten. So stop saying that. Uh, I was terrified of that man when that was the case because of the authority and the ability he had to punish. Absolutely. Same exact way in my household. But aside from that, my dad was my buddy. We went fishing together. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he wanted to take care of me. I knew that he included me, right? Yes, absolutely. So did I fear him? Yeah. In the right circumstance, I was deathly afraid of him. But that didn't erase that I loved him, had a relationship with him, that I had encounters with him that were encouraging and and uplifting. So when you hear fear God, that doesn't mean the only relationship part you should have is to cower in a corner, weeping in worry over God walking in and smiting you. Although part of fearing is realizing that he He has the power to do whatever he wants. Yes, absolutely. But fear encompasses glorifying, honoring, trusting rely i mean it's it's i i know the word is fear and that's correct to use but we use that too much in a horror sense in our world when i like to be reminded that biblically it's more like overcome with awe like i i'm overcome with realizing who you are and then when i start to add to that that you want to be with me it there is a terrifying sense of that but not like jump out and get you terrifying. Absolutely. It's more like, uh, no way, I, I shouldn't be here type thing. And, you know, I hate that other children didn't get to experience a childhood like I got to experience or like you got to mm-hmm. experience. But the overall life that my earthly father gave me, which was a nice home. We rode horses. Mm-hmm. I played softball. We did everything as a family. I can only remember in my 34 years of existence at this point, like maybe twice that my parents ever went somewhere without us. Mm-hmm. We did everything together. And so part of the fear that I had toward my father was Look at how much he holds in the palm of his hand as far as the life that I'm accustomed to, the life that I love, you know, all this that he's given me. And so that fear was there of, hey, I need to do what he's asking me to do. Mm -hmm. You know, he holds so much. And 
what he held as far as my life went is on such a minute scale as compared to what my heavenly father holds. I mean, so much greater picture and so much greater knowledge of my entire life. You know, now my earthly father is another state away and we see each other very rarely and it doesn't make me happy, but he's not nearly as influential and authoritative over my decisions and my life. Mm -hmm. And, but yet my heavenly father, there he is. Right. And so that fear is is one of just dire understanding of, hey, this is what all he has done for me. And then, and then listening to what you said just now, you, you noted that because of all that your earthly father had under his kind of control or under his purview, I guess you'd say, you, that communicated to you that you needed to be doing what he asked of you. Yes. Which is the second half of what Solomon said. Absolutely. Fear him and then keep his commandments. Yes. Now, I, I noticed I have this problem too often and a lot of people encountering the word commandment. We always default to the 10 commandments in the book of Exodus and keeping those. But God asks a great deal of us that isn't surmisable in 10 easy sentences to memorize. And so... That's going to need me to look at another passage, and this is, again, in the Old Testament, in Micah 6. So Micah is a prophet of Israel, and in Micah 6, verse 8, he says, He, and that he is God, has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? So when Solomon says, I, I know that it says keep his commandments. I, I translate that in 21st century preacher man language as do what he says. Yes, <laughs> So absolutely. fear God and do what he says. And then Micah, I add to that, and Micah says, and here's what he says, dummy, do justice. That means live a life that is fair, that is forgiving, that is seeking to reconcile. Love kindness. That means to push away anger and evil and malice and to celebrate goodness. And to walk humbly, which means don't think you're any kind of big deal. Always remember who the real guy is, and that's the Father. That's God. So those three things begin to communicate what my life's purpose is. I, my purpose is to seek justice. And, and you know, I have said this multiple times, this podcast will always be a product of the time in which we're talking together. And so right now there's a lot of talk about justice, but if, if we're honest— there's a lot of stuff being done that doesn't bring any. Absolutely none. And You're so correct. if I'm seeking justice, I need to make sure that the actions I am a part of bring about the justice I'm seeking, not distract people from justice. And bring about more destruction. Sure. Yeah. Well, I hate that that's the case, but unfortunately it is. And so when you're thinking, when you're sitting there and I'm sitting there, we've everybody's been here. It's just that I realize right now, especially you you citizens of listener land out there, somebody has recently or maybe even is wondering, what what is the point? I mean, I watch the news and it's miserable. I look around in my community and depending on where you live, it might be miserable. I go to work and everybody's scared of this uh, pandemic and I can respect and understand and feel very similar to them. And on the other hand, you look and say, is everybody lying to me and is it really not that big of a deal? And it's so much confusion. It's so much worry and wonder. And so what is the point? And when you're asking what is the point, you're asking what is the purpose? What is the purpose of all of this? And can that question actually be answered? I hope you're at least beginning to hear that, yes, it can. And that answer is God. Yes. God is the purpose. God is the one who empowers you to accomplish that purpose. And 
we struggle to answer these complicated things and complicated questions often have complicated answers. Right? Absolutely. Like when I was in math, do you like math? Yeah, you I like love math. math. I don't so much like math. I did what they needed me to do. Uh, but that was it. I, I'm like, hey, are we done? We're done. And I'm gone. You know, some kids are like, oh, I took calculus and trigonometry. <laughs> that I'm was like, me. I was that kid. I don't even know what math I took, but they said I was finished. That's what I did. Now, oddly enough, I didn't struggle with it, but I am not a fan of it. Well, math, eventually there are no numbers and it's all letters and then <laughs> squiggly things. And they have complicated answers to these very complicated looking questions. Absolutely. But sometimes in math, two plus two is four. Exactly. Sometimes it's simple. And sometimes a super complicated question with a bunch of letters and stuff might end up with an answer of three. Correct. Right? I think that what a weird metaphor, preacher man. Okay. <laughs> but I think that that third type of math is a little of what this kind of question is. It's a complicated thing. But believe it or not, there's a real simple answer. Yes, and the whole thing that we have to remember is is that that simple answer requires such a huge thing from us, and that's faith. Right. That's a hard thing to really understand. Um and it takes baby steps to get there. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can't dive off into the deep end of the pool of letting God be the lordship of your life and having all the faith in the world that everything's going to work out. And you walk around like the guy on the Orbitz commercial smiling all the time. It just doesn't work <laughs> out that way. Yeah. Um, preacher Man and Townsend both struggle daily with feeling like we maybe aren't accomplishing our oh, purpose absolutely. or that we are not sure exactly what God's asking us to do. So I think this purpose of life and meaning of life question is such a roller coaster ride too, even for the spiritual giants out there, which are not, that's not me by the way, but those people who seem to have it all together may not on the inside, they may still question what they should be doing. And that should be a huge telltale sign to everyone that you should always be questioning what God's asking of you. Right. And if you've never taken the step to let him be the full fully in control of everything you do and have full lordship over your life, take the steps toward doing that and just see what have you got to lose? And that I've said that from the get go. If, if heaven is not real, hell is not real. It's not such a thing. Then I still have nothing to lose. But if mm. it is, what do you have to lose? And that's everything. You know what that's called? That what you just said is called Pascal's wager. Yes. Yeah, that, that's uh, if I'm right and heaven is real, then it, it, it's it's more wise to side that way. Absolutely. Because if the atheist is right, no one cares. Exactly. It won't matter. If I'm right, uh, you'll care. Exactly. <laughs> so Pascal wagered. He And in fact, he he, doesn't, he helped invent what we would call the modern computer. Ultimately, he's a mathematician. But anyway, uh, he... He kind of wait. That was his wager. Meaning, yes. it's it's more intelligent to have faith in Christ than to deny Him. And you may have heard me before say the ninety day thing. I say give things ninety days. Mm -hmm. But if you're unsure of your purpose and you're also unsure about where your walk is with God or or anything of the such, give it ninety days of asking Him consistently and consecutively, mm -hmm. and ninety days of being in prayer and being in His Word and see if a little bit's not revealed to you. Well, see that I, I think that's why I like the Frankel quote so much because in there he says. The answer to this question isn't constant meditation, it's right action. It's yes. realizing that my purpose is found in what I do. Yes. And so that, that kind of brings me to one last Bible verse, that, and I 
boy, I like the book of Galatians because I'm dumb. And so when I hear Paul say to the people in Galatia, you know, how, how thick-headed are you to turn so quickly to something that you know isn't true? I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do that a lot, so, sometimes probably more than I want to confess. But in chapter 5 of that, of that letter in verse 13 and 14, again, it's weird that number repeated 13, 14, but he says, you were called the freedom, brothers, so don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's your purpose, see, yes. to serve one another. And then he ends that with this, for the whole law is fulfilled, listen, in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, normally, and I, I, I've done, it was not until a couple of days ago that it hit me what he says. He says, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Now, I always thought that the point he was making was the whole law is fulfilled within the statement, you will love your neighbor as yourself. But he says there's one word in that statement that fulfills the whole law. Love. That word is love. Yes. And so that's why he says, through love, you serve. Every, you know, Bob Dylan, most famous reference, he wrote a song and the lyrics were, everybody's going to serve somebody. You're serving yourself. You're serving your job because you're, you think that your purpose comes from achieving you know, higher positions. You're serving your spouse because you think your purpose uh, maybe is being considered the best spouse in your other your spouse's friend group or something. You know, we all are serving somebody, but the Bible says that your purpose comes from love through service as you glorify God. Yes, you, and if you're serving those other things, the happiness and joy that comes from it, you've said this a thousand times. It's fleeting all the time. Yeah. I, I wish that it was uh, uh, that there were more platforms that were willing to uh, point out how simple the commands of God are when you realize that they are love. Yes, Th they are love. Every one of them. Every one of them. How I treat you, how I treat me, how I respond to him, how I respond to my neighbor, to the addict, to the criminal, to the person that disagrees with me on social media or or whatever else. You know, you mentioned. Uh, that you and I are not getting it right and probably struggle far more than folks would ever realize. One of the ways that I struggle, and it's probably, it's probably more important that I point this out uh, more often than I do, but I struggle not with understanding what my purpose is, but daily fretting that I have made a mistake, that I have said or done that which would push someone away. Um, yes. I, I was told super early on in my ministry calling some, you know, believe it or not, preachers get hurt uh, a lot. And I was having a pity moment. And another preacher actually told me that the solution to this was that I needed to get a hard heart, that I needed to grow. You've heard people say you need a thicker skin. And I know people that have a thick skin, and I'm always impressed how they just let it bounce off of them. Me too. But he specifically said, he didn't say thick skin. He said a hard heart. You need to harden your heart against that stuff. And I thought, I don't think that's good advice. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just smiled and said, okay, I appreciate that. But I don't think the solution to accomplishing our purpose as a people is hardening our hearts to all the other people around us. And so that does mean that while I'm achieving my purpose of seeking to love people, they're not always going to love me back. It's going to hurt sometimes. And I worry when I even think that somebody's been hurt by something I said or, or, or they were wronged by something I did or, or whatever else. I begin this internal conflict and I just, I mean, that's a personal problem for preacher man, but I, I can't shake that sometimes for days 
not because, and I always end up in the same place. And so maybe this is why all this rambling is valuable to anybody else. I always feel like in those moments, I can feel God asking, did you do love when you did whatever it was? If my answer is yes, then the mistake was a misinterpretation. Mason, it's not that big of a deal. If I say honestly, no, I did that because I was mad. Well, then I got a problem with God, not just with the person that I wronged. Right, exactly. And so, you know, that that's one of the things that trying to find a commitment to your purpose requires this. And again, I like that quote so much that he said we had to seek the answer to this question about purpose daily and hourly. I am constantly trying to have yes, that conversation. Absolutely. This isn't one of those things where you answer it and then boop, it, it's answered, done, and I never have to deal with that again. It's more like... I understand it for the now, and tomorrow when something else comes up, I'm going to need to understand it within that as well. Absolutely. That's so, that's the main thing I struggle with, and I think every single person who is putting forth any honest effort can say the same. And I, I think like you, you, you have a very public profession. And so you, you walk into a room, and there's somebody different in that room every time. Well, then your purpose in that moment is changing every time. Right. So think about how complicated that is if you don't already know that the overall answer to your purpose is always love that individual. Absolutely. And loving that individual in your call might be like, hey, uh, we've got to yank seven teeth out of your face, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and that's loving because yes. the opposite would be like, nope, everything's fine. And you send them home in, in dire pain, right? Well, the same is true in our relationships. Like think about mothers and fathers with their children. Is it the purpose of a parent to turn a blind eye to the things their child does or to be involved in that almost without fail. Now, I don't mean like helicopter parent, you know, type stuff, because that's a different kind of unhealthy. But I mean, recognizing where my child is and where I need to get them before. And believe me, when I say this, it happens all too soon. They're gone. Exactly. Because I send them off without them understanding what their purpose is. Somebody's going to try to define it for them. And so we have this idea of, of, uh, you know, there's a growing worldview around us that says the purpose or the meaning of life is simply do what pleases you. Uh, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, do what pleases you. Well, the truth is doing what pleases you can hurt you. And so that worldview is breaking down, but we don't want to, you know, we don't want to look at that. It's called cognitive dissonance. There's a big term, I guess, but cognitive dissonance is where you have an opinion about something but your behavior doesn't reflect that opinion. And so you try to deny one or the other. So one really good example is if you smoke and yet you know that smoking kills. So you have to create some other reason for smoking being good because there's a cognitive dissonance. There's a behavior versus opinion dissonance. Absolutely. And, you know, coming from the side of doing love, if I do love constantly with the people I'm around, it means that I grow to have some sort of investment in what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're acting, the way their life is playing out. Mm -hmm. And so while they may feel that they're not doing anything to hurt anyone else but themselves, those who care about them are actually being affected as well. Right. Oh, well, Because I mean, they in turn are doing love. Yes. I, 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 don't, I haven't had regular TV in so long that I, and I don't even remember, but I know there used to be a TV show where they actually filmed families having interventions yes. with people who, you know, had some sort of an addiction. Right. And those addicts 
they didn't wake up wanting to, but the addiction makes them steal from their family or betray their family or lie and whatever else. And and you see these families come together wanting to help that that individual. They're all hurt. They're all damaged by that. And so, back to spiritual war- warfare, the devil won't stop with just you. He's oh yeah. going to allow that to go further. Sure, sure. So every time. And and again, look at I, this is so I really like this topic, but I could definitely keep yammering because <laughs> not understanding my purpose not 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 realizing that fulfillment is one of the reasons why people go looking for other things absolutely that just literally not fully understanding your purpose opens that door just enough to let the devil get his foot in sure and and we we were letting this happen in the media that we consume in the media that our children are a part of and the behaviors that we uh, witness and ignore and the behaviors that we're a part of and and all of these different things they're they're chipping away at a lack of understanding of what my actual purpose is my Amen. my purpose as odd as it may seem is not to please my body 24/7 my purpose is to love the whole of creation and to thereby be loving glorifying and honoring the one who created me is that complicated as you go along, it gets deeper. I don't like using the word complicated, but in the beginning, what does it look like? It looks like just being still and realizing that you're not supposed to be like everybody else. You know, Absolutely. I remember being young and I, I always liked when I, I don't know why, I guess folks used to say I was like an old soul or, or like a grumpy old man in a teenager's body because I was, <laughs> I don't know. But like, when I, I could totally see I, that. I realized that. As a teenager, every all of us, we all wanted to be unique. We wanted to have our thing. Then why did we all dress the same? You know, why why could you identify what group you ran with by the type of clothing that you wore? If you want to be unique, why are you why do we look like carbon cutouts, you know? Exactly. But that's because it speaks to this whole of understanding where we're trying to figure out where do I fit? What is my purpose in all of this? And what a tender time high school is where you really want to know why do I matter what it should i be doing somebody's gonna tell you absolutely and so mom and dad or or preacher man in townsend or especially the church we gotta be talking about the fact that you know you're gonna hear this and it seems so deep and philosophical what's the meaning of life well, we the meaning, need to be the loudest voices we do that's very true the meaning of life is what you decide the meaning is the yes. purpose of life is defined for you by the one who created life in the first place. Absolutely. That purpose is to have right action and right conduct, fearing him and doing what he said, to love justice, to love, well, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with him, and then realize that all of this is accomplished and everything he's asked done when you love, when you love him, when you love your neighbor, when you love yourself. And, and that, that means recognizing that who you are ultimately starts being defined outside of you by the one who made you. Absolutely. Like you said, the, the father who has so much in his purview. And, and that father is the one who created all of creation. So I don't, did that go anywhere directedly? I do not have any idea. <laughs> but folks, we sure do appreciate you sitting with us and letting us ramble on like that, huh? Absolutely. Hey, I'm satisfied. I'm <laughs> That's satisfied. good, good, good. So, so somebody type that up and make millions of dollars with the final answer. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that, that people will be like, huh? But anyhow, hey, your purpose is to love. And that's why you're going to keep hearing us remind you as we want to be reminded ourselves, we got to be exercising kindness to someone every single day. Find somebody, be kind. That could be smile. That could be speak kindness. That could be do kindness. But we just got to love the world because we desperately live in a day where we need to be louder than all the mess that is yelling at us from every corner. Hands and feet of Christ, people. Amen. Guys, thank you all so much for being with us and for being yet again a citizen of listener land by participating in our podcast. You're going to hear an outro in a second, but let me repeat myself. Please consider sharing this podcast with somebody you know. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Alexa, blah, 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 all those things. You know, you can find us just about anywhere at this point. We're so thankful that you're a part of our community. We appreciate you. We want to hear from you. Any questions you've ever gotten uh, in your heart for for us to answer, just email us and let us know. Yes, please do. Have a blessing by serving and loving. Until we see you again next week, guys, we're going to catch you on the next one. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.